Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries, a podcast about the interesting characters from our surveying and spatial industry and their unique perspectives on life and our industry. I'm Peter Cox and I use my 25 years of contacts as a surveyor and teacher to dig deep into the lives of others. Each fortnight, I delve into the life and times of people from all over the world who share the same profession and passions. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel, like, comment, feel free to share with your friends. Do you have a question about the surveying or spatial industry? Or would you like to join me for a chat? Or would you like to hear from someone in particular? If so, send me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram and we can catch up. This week, join me while I chat with James Sprott, Director at CRA Survey in Melbourne. So grab your drink, sit back and relax while we chat. Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries. My guest today is James Sprong. James is a licensed surveyor and a director at CRA Survey in Baldwin, Victoria. Also known as Sprotty, surprise, surprise, James grew up on the sunny Gold Coast in Queensland. At some stage of his career, he has made the move south to the cooler country. He states he always wanted to be a surveyor growing up and has worked in the industry for 33 years. In his downtime, James enjoys time with his family and cruising the bitumen and tracks on his push bike. Welcome, James. Thanks so much for joining me today. Evening, Peter. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for joining me. It's uh, it's great to have so many different people on the on the podcast. It's been great. So makes my life a bit easier having people to talk to. <laughs> people from far and wide, isn't they? Yes. 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 Yep, starting to get a few people from overseas, so, which is really good to listen to their stories, that's for sure. Yeah, and, mm. and at the end of the day, it's just measuring still, isn't it? Yep, exactly, but, exactly. You know, it, it, I've worked overseas and it's, it's the same over there as it is here and um, it's good. It's they just good call things work. differently sometimes. They different do, right? names and... <laughs> different job titles. In, yes. in, uh, in England, you're actually a setting out engineer. Ah, me six months to work that out yeah right (laughs) all right well we'll get into that um about your your travels overseas that sounds like it um you've probably got some interesting stories to tell there so you grew up on the gold coast born and bred on the gold coast Mm -hmm. um in southport uh dad moved there when he's six months mum was born there Ah. um dad was a builder and i wanted to be a builder and I said, you know, this is what I want to do. And he said, no, no, this surveyor works for me. He comes out, he sets up in one spot, sets out a building, charges me a fortune. Why don't you look at doing that? <laughs> I said, okay. So at the age of 15, I went and did work experience and liked it. Yep. And um, worked in the school holidays as a surveyor when I could. And, um, yeah, finished school, went to uni, become a surveyor. Yeah. So at the age of 15, I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah, that's um, that's pretty amazing. Um of yeah I had no idea what I wanted to do um I've got three boys none of them wanted to know what to do it's it's funny how you've got some people who just know from a young age exactly what they want to do and they've stuck with it their whole life and others who just can't find or you know it takes 20 years to find what they actually want to do yeah I 
I don't know what I'd do different now. It's it's all I know. Yeah. It's all I've ever done. So um, yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, a bit of mixture of outside to inside. Mind you, I'm inside all the time now. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I hear that a fair bit with uh, all of the the managers and owners of business and all that kind of stuff. That you know, you you, you eventually end up in an office. You do. Yeah, you start out in the field where you want to be. <laughs> yeah, and you think, oh, geez, they got it easy in the office, haven't they? Those fellas there. And then, uh, once you get into the office, you go, oh, I want to go back out in the field. It's so much easier in the field. So, yes. Um, yeah. That's, all right. that, that's a part of having your own business. And that's what happens. So. Yeah, I know. So, uh, where did you study at uh, QUT in mm-hmm. Brisbane? So, at 17, I moved to Brisbane from the Gold Coast. Um, it was a three-year degree then. Okay. And then, uh, then I went back and worked on the Gold Coast for two years. Yeah. Got sick of banging pegs in, and then I thought, well, I'll go back and do the graduate diploma. Mm-hmm. So I went back. That was at QUT. So uh, what was that? Graduate diploma in survey practice management. Yes. During that, we could actually do our board examinations for our projects throughout that year. Okay. Um. And we actually did work for some of the local councillors up there. Mm-hmm. So that's what helped fund the course. And then at the end, you, you sat in for the board. Uh, they quizzed you on all the acts regulations and then gave the go ahead whether you get your licence or not. Yeah. So okay. out, of the, yeah, out of the 15 that did it, seven of us got our licence. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest got told to get more experience. Some of them yeah. had to go off for another two or three years. Mm-hmm. And then I assume they got their licence after that. So that must have been in 90. Three, I finished that. No, it must be 95. 95, mm-hmm. finished that. A week later, flew out and went to London. And then um, I was there for four years. Okay. Um, so did you have a, jo- a job lined up when you went to London? No. Or you were just going over to for travel or something? Just just over there to travel um, and work. You know, the intention was to work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the company I worked for before I did the postgraduate offered me to come back and offered some money to come back and give them first offer. And I said, no, no, I'm going overseas. I don't want to stay, you know, let's, uh, try something different other than Queensland. Mm-hmm. So went overseas. Um, took, as I said, took six months to work out that the surveyor is actually setting out engineer over there. I was on a broom for six months prior to that, just cleaning up on construction sites. Oh, okay. Um, Worked on various jobs over there. Probably the biggest one would have been on the underground for the Jubilee Line extension. Right, okay, yep. Which is at uh, Westminster, Westminster Tower. So we actually used to monitor Big Ben and the outside of it, the night shift, make sure it wasn't going to fall over. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, when the train stopped at about 2 a.m., 3 a.m., we'd go down and measure the convergence of the tunnels. So then you'd measure the prism stuck on the outside um, because there was a new line going in underneath, we measured the exe- existing Westminster line to make sure it hasn't shifted too much. If it had shifted, um, they'd stop the trains. And that was, I think, £3,000 a minute if they had to stop the trains. So, oh, gosh. So you'd want to make so, sure you uh, got your readings good. <laughs> oh, you did. And you, your eyes are falling out of your head at about 3am and you're trying to check this data and you're just going crazy. And yeah. back then, the data recorders were like a chip that used to slide up into it I like a you know like the kids game that you slide you know games and stuff in yeah one of those 
And sometimes they, you'd record it or it wouldn't work. You'd throw it at the wall, put it back in, then it'd download. It was just oh. pretty crazy the way they did it. But anyway, one night it had shifted. We had to stop all the trains, mm. go back down at about 7 a.m., remeasure it, and the results were true. So it's good that we did it. Yeah. Um, what they also had is bores down in the ground and then across and they pumped this concrete slurry in it to raise the ground back up and raise the tunnels back up. So that's... Oh, so show. once they did that, they would start the trains again? Is that how? They'd start the trains again. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because it's too dangerous, you know, they'd hit the roof of the tunnel or they'd come mm. off the rails and the rest of it. So, um, yeah, so that's what we were doing. But also at night shift, we check what the surveyors, the other surveyors had set out during the day, you know, before they poured the concrete the next day. Yeah, right. So a bit of quality assurance checks. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So it was good, though. You, you work with a lot of surveyors from, you know, South Africa and uh, New Zealand, so... They no. tend to favour the three countries, which was good. Yeah, right. So how long were you, how, we, did you work with the same company the whole time or? No, I sort of worked, I think I was on that one for about 12 months. Um, it was a good gig, actually. I got moved up to night shift manager because everyone moves on and you, you move up a ladder. Um, you just had to get in there. When you were doing that, you get in by 11, make sure everyone's set up, do the right thing. You leave by about 2 in the morning and they pay you for 12 hours. So it was a it was a good gig back then. If you, can do oh, the, good. if you can do the shift work. <laughs> if you can do the shift work. I mean, I think it was about £150 a night or something like that, which was good. Mm. Was pretty reasonable money now. So, mm. yeah, it was good. It was good if you could do the shift work. But, um, mm. but that was all right. You're in London. It didn't matter. You'd sort of then it finished. Even if you worked right through till six, you thought you'd done a full day. So you'd find a pub that was open at six in the morning and spend a couple of hours there and then go home and have breakfast and then wake up and, <laughs> Your mates would come home from teaching jobs and they'd want a beer, so you'd have a beer with them and then you'd go off to work again. So it wasn't healthy for you. But, um, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. But uh, also worked for a couple of other contractors over there, you know, bought a car and drove around the countryside and set out mm -hmm. a few things here and there and yeah. a survey and all that sort of stuff. So, no, so, that, so it was, you said about four years you were over there for, was that right? Four years, yeah, four years, but also travelled in between. You know, you'd work for six, seven, eight months, whatever travel, come back, do a bit more, travel, save up, travel. Yeah, okay, so you got to see some good spots over there then? Saw a lot of stuff over there. It was really good, actually, to do that. It was good to, to get my qualifications then, get my licence and then go overseas. Mm. And then four years, get that out of my system and enjoy myself and see see the rest of the world, see how other people, you know, there's, there's a lot of countries over there that don't have what we've got. And yeah. It's interesting to see that. And, and how things work over there. So, no, it was. Mm. So, what made you come home? A girl. <laughs> Did you meet her over there? Yeah, two years into it. Two years into it, I was backpacking in Turkey and okay. uh, met a girl in Turkey who was from Melbourne. Uh, so, I was going to ask how you ended up down in Melbourne because. Yeah, so that's how you that changed happened. from sunny Gold Coast to, <laughs> to, to Melbourne. Yes. Yes, so that was actually, I went on a, it was my 25th birthday, met this girl, spent, spent some time together, went our separate ways. Three months later, I'm walking down the street in London, see her friend. She goes, hey, Emma's back at the, at the house. You should come see her. I wasn't expecting to see her again and met yeah. her again and yeah. started dating. And then two years later, we decided to come home and she, she had a job opportunity in Melbourne, so we moved to Melbourne. Okay. What does she do? Uh, she's now, she does all the accounts up at work. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but at the time, she was in the confectionery business. So oh, okay. Got a business there selling products. So she's doing that. Yeah, right. Um, she's busy looking after. I've also got three sons. Oh, three. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 17, 15, 13 this year. So, yeah, that's a full, as you know, that's a full-time job in itself. Yeah, most definitely, yeah. especially around those ages as well. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I suppose at any age they're, they're a job, but, yeah, they're, they're sort of really starting to be their own people and find where they fit. And... Yeah, which is really nice, actually. Mm. It, it's good to, to let them work out who they are and you give them enough rope and... Yeah. Pull them back every so often, but it's not. Yeah, yeah they definitely need that pullback, don't they? <laughs> they, they do, but you just don't yank it too hard. No, 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 no. Yeah. Definitely not. <laughs> Gotta make your own mistakes too. Well, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing in life. You make mistakes, you learn from them, don't you? Well, yeah. most people do, I should say. You, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. If you don't, <laughs> you're silly, aren't you? Yeah. So we might have some silly people out there but no I definitely I just always believe that you know if you don't try something you know if you fail it doesn't matter if you make mistakes it doesn't matter because you just learn from it and it makes you better Peter if you don't try you've made a mistake true isn't it you know you've got to have a go yeah yeah you, you, you sort of wonder well what if I did this or what if I did that so, mm. yeah. definitely it's yeah, no, that's uh, something that, yeah, I've always, always kind of believed in that. Okay, so you came back to Melbourne. Yep. Where did, did you go straight back into surveying when you got yeah, back? Yeah, um, flew in, yeah, flew into Brisbane and then my folks picked me up from the Gold Coast, stayed three weeks on the Gold Coast. Mm. I've got a, what is it, 53-year-old Holden now, packed it up, drove it down all my worldly possessions in it um, to Melbourne, found a job within a week and started surveying down here. Okay. So being a licensed surveyor in Queensland, yep. did you have to do something um, to get your your qualification or your, your registration in Queensland um, accredited in, in Victoria? Well, that's what I thought. So I waited a year and a half, two years before I approached the Victorian Surveyor Board to say, okay, I'm licensed in Queensland. What do I got to do down here? I learnt the system down here. You want to do the right thing for the system and myself and not jump in too early. Um, they said, yeah, send us a check. Oh. Reciprocal. It's reciprocal. So Australia's reciprocal, all states and New Zealand too, I believe. Okay. And they're different systems. So I, I do question it sometimes yeah um but yeah the reciprocal licenses yeah okay because yeah because I know that um I know one day and I don't know how the conversation came up it might have been with a student that I had one time who'd come down from Queensland um mm. and I think we might have been drawing up a DP or doing some calculations or something and you know our reference marks are from the the mark to the corner but in Queensland, it's the opposite or something. Yeah, they're the opposite. They're the corner to the mark. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, was... so we're the same as you guys. Mm. Victoria's the same as New South Wales. Uh, Victoria and New South Wales have curve boundaries. Whereas oh, Queensland don't. Queensland don't have curve boundaries. Oh. 
I'm sure someone's going to email in and tell me different, but I, from my recollection, they don't have curved boundaries. Um, I mean, I'm talking, when did I get my licence there? I must have been 23, 25 years ago. So yeah. um, they're also down in Victoria, you get an A, B, C, you're right to go, confirm on something else, you're away. There, if you go past a reference mark, you know, nail, rivet, spike, whatever it might be, and not say, and not locate it or say it's there, you'll get audited. Oh. So, yeah, so they've got a document. They're very thorough. Yeah, okay. Yeah, at least they were anyway, I think. It yeah, was. and that's interesting. So, but when you say nail or something, like, that's not on a plan already, like someone's put a nail in or something that you know that's some kind of reference for a surveyor. Yeah, you can say nail found, reference, uh, you know, origin unknown, but they're yeah. all also saying if it's on another plan and you neglect to actually locate it or say it's still there, yeah, they'll pull you up for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, mostly if you were doing a job when you had reference marks on a certain DP, you'd probably be checking into them anyway, I would think, but. You, you would, you, know, you definitely would be, but, yeah. you know, if there's 20 on the plan, you need 20. Yeah. Okay. Whereas they want it, they want you to find all twenty and say they're still there, all mm. gone. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um. So it only took you a couple of weeks to get a job in Melbourne. Yeah. Was that in Melbourne itself, or you were living sort of out? No, there was a. It's out of Melbourne, place called Lilydale, and mm -hmm. um, it's probably forty-five minute drive from where I was living. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I worked for a fellow out there for three years um, and then tried a company in the city mm. a year and a half and then didn't like it, rang the first bloke back. He said, well, you better come back. So I went back to Lilydale and worked there. Um, I was there for uh, another couple of years. In the meantime, I started to bought my own instrument, started doing work, work on the weekends with his yeah. permission. Um, that grew, got to the stage that he sold out to a couple of other guys, stayed another year after that, then left and then set up full-time on my own. Yeah, okay. Found out, oh, must have been in the January I started. I think we found out in February or March we were pregnant with our second son. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, Always happens that way, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's all right. You've got to yeah, jump in and paddle, don't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's how we did that. And then um, so I, don't, I can't remember when that would have been. Jeez, that fellow's now 15. So, yeah, 15 years ago. Mm. Um, and then in 2013, another surveyor rang me up and left a message on the phone. I rang back the next day. I thought, oh, when surveyors ring, it's never really good. You're sort of wondering what you've done wrong. <laughs> what or you've done what, wrong. <laughs> yeah, what you've done wrong. And he goes, oh, you interested in buying my business? I thought, oh, okay. And um, my wife's going, oh, yeah, look, no, we probably can't afford that. No, nah, no. Nah. I said, look, I'll go and have a listen, see what you've got to say. Come back at midnight. She didn't even wait up to see me come home, but come home and she she's jumped out of bed and said, oh, how'd you go? And I spoke to her and she goes, oh, well, we better look into that. So, um, okay. yeah, that's what we ended up doing. We bought, we bought that business and then um, recently purchased another one at the end of, 2019 before COVID started. So, right, okay. Which made it challenging too. So, um, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so um, that's how we've ended up where we are now, I guess. Yeah, okay. So, how, how 
how many people have you got within your company now? Uh, there's 16 of us. Okay. I think That's a good size. Got up, yeah, we got up to a bit over 20 at one stage, um, but that was probably three or four years ago. Yeah. Maybe more, five years ago. It's dropped down now. So. Yeah. Yeah, 16 is a good size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you, when, when you sort of started, like, so you went back to that surveyor and then you started doing stuff on your own, did you ever think that you would have your own company? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I did. I mean, Dad worked for himself from the age of 17, 18 or something like that. And it was always, it's what I always wanted to do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So do you so, think that um, that second course that you did, because you said it was survey, it was management or something as well. Yeah, survey practice management. Yeah. Which which also tied in to get the license. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And that was that was intense. They gave us keys. They wanted to, well, we had to come in with ties on the whole lot. Okay. Um, for the uni. So we we get in there at eight, nine o'clock. You'd leave at five, you'd go home, have dinner, you come back in at eight o'clock at night, work for one in the morning, go home again. It was it was more than a full time job. So it was a big sacrifice to actually stop working after I'd been a graduate. Yes. After two years, forego the wages for a year and yeah. go back to So it was a good thing to do in the sense that you were ready. You knew why you were doing it. Yeah. When you're at uni, you're sort of enjoying life a little bit, probably too much. Um, but when you go back the second time round, you go, okay, this is why I'm doing it. Yeah. It, it was hard, but it was it was worth doing that. Yeah. They don't do it anymore, I don't believe. Oh, okay. No, I don't think they do it like that anymore. It's all project-based, so uh, which can be very time-consuming as well. Mm. Yeah, it would be. And so um, part of your business is um, you and somebody else? Is that right? Have no, I got that right? No, hmm? it's just oh. as in ownership. Yeah. No, it's just me. Just you. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's it like being the big boss then? Oh, it's challenging. <laughs> it's challenging. I'm lucky. I've got I've got one fellow that's been with me. I think 13, 14 years. Yeah. Okay. And he's just amazing. He um we both we support each other very well. We bounce off each other. He'll he'll pull me up. I'll pull him up. Yeah. Um. He's he got no qualifications. He was my assistant at mm-hmm. the company that in Louisville. Yeah. And then it grew and then he became a draftsman with me. And then it was actually him that pushed me to buy that first company. Okay. He said, James, we're not going anywhere here. And he was, he, he admits it now. He'll actually say, hey, you know, I sort of pushed you a little bit there because I knew there'd be a better future for him as well, which was nice. And then he's he's now second in charge in there. And, Brilliant. And um, there was a stage there. We'd go on holidays. He'd look after the business, the house, the dog, the lot. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I'm lucky lucky to have him. I got some got some really good staff. So, yeah. So he has. Does he have any kind of qualifications at all? Like whether you know outside of surveying or anything like that? He's just worked his no, way, no. learnt everything for what He's he got needs. Common sense. What was that? Common sense. Yeah. Okay. Common sense. He, yep. he knows how the world works, and um, yeah. And yeah. He's, he's good. He's yeah. got no qualifications, but, you know, we supported each other and it's, it's been good. 
yeah that's that's um that that's nice and I guess it's good to have someone like that who did kind of push you a bit if you've you know you said everything seems to be going well so yeah yeah my wife's very supportive too so she's she's pushed along there too and mm. give me a hand when I needed a hand like I said she does all the books and pays staff and yeah very very helpful mm. so being your own business buying a business just before COVID hit how how has last year kind of affected you and and your staff and the company and everything yeah it was i mean what was difficult about it is it got to the stage that we were in full lockdown yeah we had a we had a permit system in victoria where we have to fill out a, a form for every job the guys were going to go to so um we'd have to work out what they're going to do the next week yeah we could only go to three sites per week okay so, as you know, you know, some surveys get around to three a day. Yes. So then I'd, I'd write up what they're going to do. I'd be in the in the office. I'd divert all the office phones to my mobile just in case I was somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or all I could be is at home or in the office. But yeah. I'd be on the phone all day. I'd have people working from home. So admin staff working from home. If they were looking after the subdivisions, they'd send an email out to the client. Sure enough, the client would ring up the office and get me and say, what's this? So then I'd be on the phone reading the email straight back to them and they go, oh, that makes sense. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, so that went on for three or four months. I think it was three months. Um, so, yeah, you'd, I'd get everyone ringing up and then you'd get trying to coordinate guys at home. It's just getting systems in place. I mean, it was hard at first. You'd get people ring up saying, oh, I've got about an hour's worth of work left. Well, wouldn't you have known that yesterday you didn't have a lot of work? So then you're scratching around trying to find stuff for them to do. And uh, it was difficult, difficult to check plans. Um, but to their credit, they really got it together. Um, started emailing each other, put me on a, an email as well. We had a group Excel where people had put in what they're doing. And we, instead of me ringing up who's doing this or that, you could see it was on the spreadsheet. Which oh, that's a good initiative, yeah. Yeah, so it, it helped get systems in place. Yeah. But um, to check a plan on the screen... You can't, you can't check plans on the screen. You've got to print it out, scribble no, it over. I agree. Mind. I agree totally. I'm, yeah. you know, I sort of sit there sometimes, and you know, whether I'm doing a tender or whether someone wants to look at wants me to look at something, or you know, whatever it is, I've got to print it out. Yeah. And and physically look at it and scan it and have my highlighters or the pen or you know something. Yeah. To, to, to systematically go through it. It just does not work on a computer screen. Yep, same as people working out uh, boundaries. We call them the docs down here. Um, you know, the old surveyors will say, write it up, put red pen on, put your cuts on it, let us know, and it just hits you in the face. But if yep. you're looking quick, 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 quick on AutoCAD or whatever package you're using, it's, you forget what the fourth click was. You know, you, it's just a lot easier to see it and it, it hits you in the face. You know? so mm. it's, yeah. Still got to do it. And and to, we've got a profession where you need to mentor people. Yes. And and to mentor people over the phone or over Zoom, it's not easy. So they need to be in there in the office, and you've got to you've got to look after people too, and make sure they're okay and and doing doing all right because it was a challenging time for everybody. Yeah. So, it's yeah. even like you know, even when you have a Zoom meeting, you just like you might see that person, and you're having yeah. a conversation, but it's still not that personal contact kind of you can read a body language or you know 
you know, you're kind of seeing from the chest up and that's it. You, you can't tell. You can't read the room. Yeah. You can't read the room on a Zoom meeting. Yeah. 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 So, so that good. would have been good different. to get everyone together. Mm. So is everyone back in the office now? Yeah, I've got, as of today, one fellow that I think he said he hasn't been there for eight months. Wow. Um, he's in his 70s, 73, 74. Um, he he was back in today, and geez, it was good to have him back in too. Uh, <laughs> he's just and he's he's it's great. He checks all our plans because the titles office he does it with a calculator. He doesn't know how to use the computer that we use. Yeah, checks it. What we send into the titles office is what they check. So that's how he checks it, and it's really good. And it's good just to have him in there to mentor the younger guys. Um. It's otherwise, you know, if I'm on the phone or whatever, it's it's a little bit hard. So it's nice to have another. Well, I've got two other licenses today, isn't there? So, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I think that would be difficult uh, as a as a business owner making the time to do that mentoring to the younger yeah. surveyors because you have this business where everybody wants everything from you and they want it now and they just want your time all the time. Yeah, yeah, they do, and and it was that was part of the reason of buying the business in twenty nineteen. The story with that one, I actually went to a parent teacher interview on the way back, knocked on this guy's door, this surveyor's door. I'd never met him before, and I said, "Look, we're missing out on jobs because I don't have enough staff, but I haven't got enough work to put more staff on. Yeah, do you want to share a few staff?" He goes, "Yeah, that'd be a good idea." And just before I left, I said, "Look, if you ever want to sell, let me know." And his broker rang me the next day. It had been for sale and I didn't know about it. So, oh, okay. So the, the whole reason of getting him in is to say, hey, I know you're passionate about your surveyor and he's a very good surveyor. Yeah. And he was getting to the stage, I guess he didn't have a succession plan. Well, I said, how about I deal with the clients and the people that want a piece of you all the time and the councils and you come back and mentor the young fellas and teach them. And it's been really good. It was, it was hard at first because he was at home. So then I've got everyone at home and, he was he was he was good. He was talk, calling people and, and doing everything right like that. But it's better mm. to have him back in the office now. I think it's good to to have those older surveyors to do that. Um, you know, surveyors don't want. Well, I, I say they don't want to retire. So surveyors don't retire. <laughs> no, they expire. They, yes, they just they keep do. going and going and going. And and to me, it's more. They don't need the money. They love doing it. It, it is yeah. their it's their life. Um, and to yeah. be able to pass their knowledge on to a younger generation, you know, whether it is people in their fifties, thirties, twenties, whatever it may yeah. be, they're just happy to do that. They're happy to do it. Yeah, mm. and, and it, it's very helpful for me too to take the pressure off me too. So yeah. I can, and they like it too. They'll go, "Hey, you ring this person." Yeah, yeah, I can do that. So. It works mm. quite nicely. It mm. Helps everybody. Yeah, definitely. So at the moment, you know, we've gone through the pandemic. Um, you know, I don't know much about how things are down in in Victoria. We sort of, you know, and I'm pretty sure it's across Australia. You know, we've got this skills shortage. Um, can you see or do? How, what's your view of what's been happening i mean you know there's been a big push to try and get more people into surveying 
Um, how do you think the profession is at the moment and, you know, where you see it sort of moving forward? It's, I don't know, 100 years ago, we were up there with the doctors, the lawyers, the dentists, the priests. Yeah. Very well respected. Now we're the guys that stand on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and we keep undercutting each other. Yeah. So if we keep, if we keep dropping the prices, how are we going to pay our staff more? So then if we can't pay our staff more, why are they going to go do uni, become a surveyor and earn X when they can go earn X times two somewhere else yeah. for a similar degree? Yeah. And then they come out and they go, hang on, so I've got my four or five-year degree, got my degree, oh, now it takes me how many years to get my license? Mm -hmm. And it's, that's where the problem is, is we've got to, it's, it's funny, back in the day, it might take three days to do a job with the equipment we had in charge of professional fee. Okay, well, we've got all this technology now. Oh, great, it takes us half a day. It costs us a fortune for the technology. Well, why aren't we charging what we used to? Yeah. We're charging hardly anything for it. And we're racing each other to the bottom. It's just, it's a little bit, it's a bit scary. Yeah. But I, I don't know where it's going to end up in that sense. Yeah. Do you think with the, the, the price cuts, you know, that there's also um, cuts in actually doing the job, the quality of the work? Oh, oh, there is. There is. Yeah, and you can see it. You know, it's you'd have the same there. You'd get a plan done by such and such. You go, oh, don't know if I'll use that one. Yeah. And it's true. You can see it. Yeah. But, um, but also I suppose too it's, it's – I don't mind when people are a little bit cheaper, you know, 10 15%, but – we're getting people that are 50% cheaper. Oh, that's and, crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and, and sometimes I'll actually ring up and say, look, just trying to be polite. I don't mind you being cheaper, but, you know, instead of being $500 cheaper, why don't you just be $200 cheaper? You're going to be ahead. I'm not going to look like I'm trying to, you know, take advantage of somebody. Yeah. And we can all we can all make some money and, and do a, a professional job of it because there's a, there's a lot of surveyors, I think, probably, 20, 30 years ago when the governments dismembered their survey firms, got paid out, went out and bought an instrument and now, you know, surveying for a better word out of the back of their ute or on their kitchen table. Yeah. They might only need to do one or two jobs a week, but mm. they take on a heap of work. So those poor fellows are the ones working seven days a week for very little. They'll always tell you how busy they are, but they're still probably driving around in the old ute too, aren't they? So. <laughs> Yeah, it just doesn't make sense, does it? It, do, it doesn't make sense because it's such a great job. It's it, it's fulfilling in every way. Like you're outside, you're using your brain, you're, you're with the people, you're, you're trying to help people. It's it's great. It's um, but why we try and sell each other short? I don't know. Can't work it out. But do you think it's, it's so also it's something that Craig brought up when I was speaking to him about actually the community doesn't know and understand what a surveyor does as well. Like you said, it's a person standing on the side of the road, you know. Yeah, they, they did that. So where did we go wrong? Yeah. They used to know. They used to be quite respected. Yeah. You, know, you look at, I read something the other day, you look at how the past um, presidents of the states, they the surveyors there. Mm. So, you know, oh, this guy, this guy, geez, where did we go wrong? So, um. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the tech. Maybe I think we relied too much on the technology. Um, we, it is getting to that stage too, where 
a lot of people can push the buttons but don't know why they're pushing the buttons. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just that's a topic altogether, isn't it? Yeah, I, I just I laugh at that because um, when I was teaching, um, you know, I would I would engage industry part of you know what is it that you know you want what's lacking this you know all, all this different sort of stuff and I used to get oh why are you teaching leveling anymore um, nobody levels anymore you don't we don't need to know how to level um, another one said can't you just teach them to um, to use the instrument can't they, they just they just need to know how to use a robotic. You know, I used to get these sort of things and I'm going, but don't you want them to actually know what they're doing when they're pressing the button? What if they make a mistake? How are they going to know what they need to do? And yeah. these, these surveyors that I was speaking to, some were registered, some weren't. That was probably, in my mind, the registered ones where I really was shaking my head because I'm thinking you have spent so much time to become registered and this is how you want your staff to be you really don't why are you sending them to take mm. in the first place mm. if you just want them to use a press buttons yeah yeah i mean it, it, it's up it's i guess it's up to us as an industry to teach them how to press the buttons and they get the education at the you know the uni or the take yeah that that's, that's my that was my reply I'm here to yeah. teach them the foundations. I'm here to teach them what surveying is, how they need to do it. We don't have the equipment that you guys are going to be using out there. Unfortunately, we don't get the funding. So you want them to use whiz bang, you know, equipment? That's your job to teach them. Yeah, but it's better still if they're using the equipment a couple of runs down the ladder, they're actually using it and, and knowing what it's doing. Yeah. You know. Some of them wouldn't know what an inverted image is for a piano light. They wouldn't, they'd think it's broken if they look through it now, yeah. I guess. And, um, they, they wouldn't know. But I mean, that, not that it's a bad thing, but uh, you, you do need to know the basics of what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's um, still something that, you know, I'm, I'll always, I'll sit there and argue the point all night if I had to with someone as to. Well, especially to have the checks in place too, mm. so they can do their checks. You know, you've got to understand what you're doing so you know how to check it. Otherwise, you're just pushing buttons again, aren't you? Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I did. I went out with a um, registered surveyor um, a few days ago, and I don't get to go out in the field much anymore. So I was just, I was his Cheney for the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely loved it being out there again, and you know, and he basically had his robotic there, punched in his bits, did his resection for the two, checked those. Then we had to, you know, um, give give a couple of um, a couple of bearings and a couple of distances to make sure that they checked off the for this QA stuff. And yeah. he's like, well, you know, we used to write all the bearings down and I'd do it all, you know, check, put it all through the calculator and everything. But the the um, the data recorder, you know, the, the robotic, you know, you go, oh checkpoint between 15 and 16, it gives you the bearing, the distance, the this, the that, the da-da-da. But he also went, okay, there's that answer. Here's X, Y. Here's this. Here's that. Does that match with that? What's the difference between the two? You know, all that sort of stuff where, you know, yeah. I'm, and, and I was looking at as well, going, oh, hang on, that one looks a bit wrong. Yeah. But it, if we sent two, two young guys out there, yeah. 
they would have no idea. They would not even look if, you know, if you were 10 minutes out or whatever it may be. They, they'd re resect off two marks. Yeah. You know, one in one direction, one in 180 in the other direction, thinking that they're right, Bill, they need to get, you know, a third, a third, a third if they can. You know, they don't they don't understand. Yeah, yeah, that's that, right. That's exactly what you, you, you're saying. Mm, yeah. Do you have many young people working for you? I do. I do. Um, and it's interesting. You're, you're almost like a father figure or a mentor to them. Yeah. And they're re I call them the kids. They're really good. They're good. <laughs> I mean, I say they're kids. I think they range from 20, 24. Actually, it might be 23 up to, I think, uh, of the kids. I think they're probably about 32, 33. And then <laughs> and it goes up from there, up from there. So, yeah. The rest of them are the old fogies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But even then, it's good. Um especially like with COVID, we didn't get to see each other. And then we finally had Christmas together and that was really, it was a fun night and, and all ages got together and it was good fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's nice. It was good that that everything had sort of got back to a form of normalcy. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was important. And mm. it was been good to get people back in the office this year. Yeah. Yeah. The old yeah. today, that was nice to see. Yeah. I mean, you know, the other... The others that I've spoken to down in Melbourne, and that was during lockdown and everything, and they, you know, a few months or more into it, and you could just see the strain, the the tiredness and the strain of being at home the whole time and not having contact with other people. There was two different groups of people in COVID, I believe, were the ones that are at home and didn't have the contact and really slowed down. Yep. And then they're the ones that were told you could still work. So they actually had up their game and work a lot harder to, yeah. to run the offices. And some of the people with council, they were flat out too. And they're trying to work from home. You hear people with kids screaming in the background. And <laughs> I, it would have been so hard if you had young kids to try and teach. And then even for, to have staff, if your staff had young kids, you, you know they're at home trying to, do, trying to do the right thing by you, but they're also running around after their kids. And it wasn't a good situation for anyone. I mean... No, we had three kids. Well, they'll all be at high school this year, so you know we they're they on Zoom calls pretty well all day. They were, yeah, the school they're at, they had them set up that they were they were tired by the end of the day. Whereas some other schools, you hear that they get a worksheet, they're on for half an hour, and then they got the rest of the day off. So, yeah, yeah, it was so amazing. That's, that's going to be hard. Yeah, it was amazing how um how each school kind of managed in their own way, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got two, both my sister-in-laws are, are teachers and, you know, the, the amount of effort that they put in, you know, one's kindergarten and then the other one had HSC students going through sort of thing. So, you know, both ends of it and the things that they were doing were, you know, pretty well. I'd, I'd prefer the HSC. The kindergarten ones would have been hard to do online. Oh, uh, yeah. You yeah. can't do anything. Yeah. No, I, I don't know how that worked, but anyway. <laughs> That's all right. We move through it. We move on. New year. Yeah, fingers fingers crossed. Yeah. I think we're pretty lucky where we are. Oh, you know, we are. You guys, had, are. It, you, I mean, you guys had it pretty tough, but. I think yeah, it yeah, it, it was, but I think we learned from it. And I think the other states learned from our mistakes. So there you go. It wasn't a mistake. Then, was yeah. It? yeah <laughs> Everyone learned from it. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, at the time, it wasn't much fun, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> uh, well, thankfully, now you're back in the office and... Yeah, 
moving forward. And as you're saying with the processes, you know, getting processes in place and things like that, you know, I, a lot of businesses I've spoken to have said it's cleaned up yeah. their office side because yeah. they've had no choice but to do that because they are they were so busy but they weren't coming into the office that it all had to be streamlined, it all had to be done, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. you know, something some good things have come out of it. Yeah, but, I mean, we're even to the stage that we couldn't have people come in, so we're leaving equipment downstairs in the basement in the cage so people could come and get it from there. There wouldn't be any contact with anyone. I mean, we did everything right. Yeah. But, but then you drive around job sites and there's people doing it completely wrong and you're thinking, what are we doing? Why are we doing the right thing? We're doing the right thing, but why? Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to matter where you go. There's those people nah. that just don't care. No. 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 Anyway. So moving on, who who would who would be the person that's had the biggest impact on your career? Probably probably the first of our I worked for. Um Derek Pike, his name was, on the Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. um, he just taught me the joy of surveying, I guess. You know, that you know, he'd, he'd teach you to sharpen up a brush axe and you'd be out there slashing away and watching out for snakes and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Did a bit of hydrographic surveying with him and it was pretty primitive. We had a depth sounder in a boat and you'd have a radio and it'd be standby fixed so the guy would go beep on the jotometer and you'd press ah. the... Uh, depth sounder and then you'd have to number it and cross-check the numbers and you know and we'd, we'd stay in a pub sort of thing he said right you can have two beers any more than two beers you're not allowed to do your kelts afterwards so if you have three just tell me you've had three and we won't do any kelts but he was really good he never got his uh, license or registration um he could couldn't do exams he couldn't sit exams he just would, would block out i suppose but um yeah. you know his, his partner was a licensed surveyor in the office but you know, even when he went to the board, he'd run up to the board and he'd say, why do you want to be a surveyor? And he said, well, every day's a picnic. So, he, um, yeah, he was good. He was good. Um, the yeah. fellow in Lilydale was very good. I enjoyed mm. working for him. Um, another one that uh, I called Alan Norman. He was at Reeds Consulting. He was a very good surveyor to work for. So I enjoyed, enjoyed working for, for Alan. I didn't stay there too long, but um, he's a good surveyor. And uh, I still occasionally ring him if I've got any Problem. yeah um, so it's nice to have those people that you can you know you might you might not see them for years and years but you still have that that connection of being able to call and and go through something with them that you know you know that you're going to get yeah. That. yeah there was one bloke that i actually had some stuff getting serviced i used to work four days a week for the boss take friday off so i could look after my son and my wife could work yeah. Then I'd work Saturday for the boss so this uni student could work Saturday and then I'd do my own work on Sunday. But I was in getting some stuff serviced and I had my one-year-old in me, with me. It must have been a Friday. And this guy goes, oh, it's Brock Land Surveys. Who's that? And I said, well, that's me. He goes, oh, okay. And he goes, remind me of yourself, myself. You know, he was a surveyor and he says, if you ever need anything, Brian Watson his name was, he said, if you ever need anything, give me a call. And he got to the stage I needed help with a, a boundary survey or something. I'd pick up didn't have a laptop then. I'd pick up the desktop, take it down to his office, and he'd help me sort it out. <laughs> Very good. And, you know, I still call on him for advice or just a bit of a chat. So, I mean, he's still still running his own business. He's only 61 or 62 or something. But, um, 
yeah, he, he was quite a, a good influence at the start too when I went into business. Yeah, and well, that's nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have those people to bounce off. Mm, definitely. And, and that's important now with the two surveys I've got in the office too. We all bounce off each other, which is it's important. It, it, it's a hard it's a hard business to do as a one man survey. Oh uh, yeah, I would think so too. And yeah. you know, I've got some friends who are, but they have other small companies that they work with and you know, yeah. do work for or, you know, pass on something or, or do a job together and things like that to have to have those connections and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, it's important to have that. Yeah, definitely. What's the funniest thing that's happened to you while you've been surveying? Oh. Or the weirdest? The weirdest? Oh, Oh, probably one of the most exciting things. It was I was working night shift in London, mm. and I think we finished about four in the morning. So we're riding home through Hyde Park, and here's this guy out shuffling along in a green tracksuit. Yeah. All these body, all these bodyguards around him, and cars following him in Hyde Park. And you thought that's weird. And my mate was with me, and he was South African, and he goes. It's Nelson Mandela. No. And and sure enough, the bodyguard has called us over. And this mate of mine shook his hand and said, hey, you know, what was his name? Ian Duncan. My name's Ian. Um, my sister used to look after you when you were in hospital at such and such. And he'd mentioned the name. Yeah. Said who it was. And I shook his hand. And all I could come out with was, g'day, mate, how are you? <laughs> Just he, he was running south. He was one of the most influential men in the world at the time. And I've gone, g'day, mate, how are you? And he just sort of looked at me and went, you, what are you doing? But um, he actually said to my mate, it's an honour to meet another man from my country here. And it was that was a, quite a moment to to meet him. I've still got the the paper in the office, the Evening Standard. Yeah. You know, Nelson went out for his morning jog or walk and stopped to talk to bystanders. So that was something I remember from. I guess we finished night shift surveying. So yeah, yeah. That, that was pretty cool. That's, uh, that's, pretty, that, that's pretty cool to make yeah. sure that, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Imagine um, vlogging at that time of morning. But he was used to doing that from <laughs> incarceration. He used to get up. That was when he got up. And um, yeah, I guess right. it is the time of day. You've got your own. I like it. You know, it's the best time, I think. You've got your own time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> What's the best work advice you've ever heard? Blake once said to me in business, he said, make the client's problem your problem. Mm. And I thought, yeah, okay. I thought that's a good thing. He went bankrupt a few years later. but <laughs> <laughs> Is that the it, best or the worst? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but it, it <laughs> made sense. It did make sense to yeah. me. And I thought, well, hang on, we're... We're paid there to help these people because if we can help them, it takes a lot of stress off them, and that's what we do well. So yeah, yeah, that was that was probably the best advice. I've ever used. No, I, and I have heard that before, uh, and I think that um, if a client sees that you're invested in them, yeah, you've won a client, haven't you? Yeah, you you've won. Yeah. Business. So you have won business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Mm. What's a quote or saying that you hear people um, say all the time that you think is complete BS? One that annoys me and says, oh, I want you to give it 110%. You can't give 110%. That annoys me. I mean, being a, you know, in the in the mass, it's sort of, no, you can't do that. Maybe give me 90. I mean, you know, but 110. No, I don't like it. I don't know. Have you ever thought about that or not? Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. I have, yeah. I have these kind of conversations occasionally as well. And, yeah, the 110%, you're going, mm, how does that work? Hey, hey. I'll give you a hundred today and I'll give you another ten tomorrow. I don't I don't know how I want to do that, but anyway. Oh geez, that's not a bad idea, is it? Yeah. yeah. No, no, I'll give you ninety today. Yeah. And you can have yeah. it tomorrow. Yeah, I'll give you fifty-five today. <laughs> <laughs> or I could break that up into the week and <laughs> yeah. yeah. Am I working from home? <laughs> <laughs> Um, what motivates you? Um, at the moment, I think paying for my kids' education. <laughs> my family motivates me. I've got, I've got a really wonderful wife and great kids. So, um, yeah. yeah, that motivates me. Yeah. And that's, that's all I really need, really. Yeah. yeah. yeah What's your guilty pleasure? Um... Probably whiskey, but also music. I said that to my wife a few years ago. I said, you know, I feel guilty that I enjoy music this much. She goes, what are you on about? I said, well, do you not get the pleasure? She goes, yeah, I like music. I said, no, no, I really, really like it. Yeah. It's, um, I haven't got a creative bone in my body, but I appreciate what other people can do. So, yeah, probably chocolate, music. And, and whiskey. whiskey. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> It's all right, isn't it? <laughs> do, do you, when you listen to the music, like, do, does it kind of take you somewhere else or, or relax you or anything? Like, or, or, or you just appreciate what they've done to come out with that sound? Yeah, it does, ta it does take you somewhere else because, like I said, I've travelled a fair bit and there's, you know, particular, actually there's one particular album, Radiohead, OK Computer, listen to it all the way through Turkey and then, that day I met my wife at the end of that day in a cafe, ah. you know, and I, I remember that day and you listen to that song and now I've introduced it to my second son the other day. He goes, oh, this is a good album, but I haven't told him the backstory to it. Yes. I'm just letting him have a bit of a listen to it. And um, I guess, I don't know, it's people are creative in what they do, but yeah, the memories and the people being creative. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I think everybody's got that song that, you know, reminds them of something really great that happened years yeah. ago or hmm. yeah food will do that music will do that unfortunately sometimes alcohol does that too if you're drinking <laughs> wrong alcohol food, so. <laughs> like a beer do you no i can't i can't drink i can't have gluten so oh, no. <laughs> yeah so it's just the whiskey yeah but i've found a, i've actually found a rice beer which is quite nice too so i don't mind that okay yeah called kung fu of all things yeah, just from Moorabbin, which is just down the road from here. Just going to go and um, have some kung fu, babe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, don't you mean do kung yeah. fu? No. <laughs> no. Have some kung fu. Yeah. No, I, don't, I don't mind it, but no, it's mainly the whiskey and, and wine, nice red wine, ah. which is good with the dark chocolate. 
Oh, it and is. The music, there you go. Just it's, it's just that one complete circle, isn't it? It is. It is, isn't it? <laughs> can you can you remember a time that um, was the most inappropriate time that you've burst out into laughter? Are you that kind of person? No, my wife is. She's done it at a football game. Kid missed the goal. She wasn't even watching the game. <laughs> you can hear it laugh. Hear her laughing from across the field. Like, Hang on, that kid just missed saying, No, I wasn't laughing at that. That looked like you were. But no, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I don't think so. No, I've some said plenty are. of inappropriate. What's that? Sorry. Some people are, and some people aren't. I've said plenty of inappropriate things, but never really laughed at the wrong ah, things. Okay. What's no, I can't, I can't recall. <laughs> you can tell me when we've stopped recording. <laughs> Sounds good. What's the most unusual place that you've been? Um, is it Petra in Jordan where they did Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? You know, oh. you, you go through the ravine, you see the big temple. And yeah. I've been, been there. Been, Egypt was good too with the pyramids. Yeah. Um, we snuck in there because we didn't want to pay to go look at what someone built, you know, thousands of years ago. So <laughs> the tourist police pulled us up with a rifle or a shotgun. And I was about to say, gee, that you're probably a bit game. and probably end yeah, up. Yeah, but he wasn't legit. He was so we had to pay him money. Yeah. He said, go and hide around the corner there. And he said, don't hurt yourself climbing the pyramid. You weren't supposed to climb before. He said, don't hurt yourself. So he gave us. He said, they weren't the tourist police either. They were just some random dudes. There, so, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I did enjoy the pyramids. I did enjoy, yeah, I enjoyed Egypt. It was good. Turkey was very good. So, yeah, yeah, some nice places there, definitely. Yeah, yeah. How do you relax besides the, the, the wine and the whiskey and the chocolate and the music? <laughs> Probably riding my bike. Yeah. 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 Do you prefer? Or walking the dog. Do you prefer road or getting out on the mountain bike on the tracks and stuff? I prefer the mountain bike. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, trees don't move, cars do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the mountain bike's good. You know, we, we go down to Derby and Tassie in March coming up. That's a lot of fun. So, oh, nice. Yeah, beautiful part of the world down there. So, yeah. mm. No, I do, I, I, I do prefer the mountain bike. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how you ride a bike on the road. That's just crazy. I think you're just crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess you just got to let the drivers know what you're doing and, yeah, if, if you obey mm. the rules and let them know where you're going and what your intentions are, it's a lot safer. Do you know, I think that's the biggest thing, obey the rules. I think if if the if the bike riders obey the rules, they, they wouldn't get as much stick. Yeah, and, and that, you're 100% right there. You give someone a wave when they let you go through and they go, oh, okay, bike riders aren't too bad. Yeah. Yeah, some of them do some silly things. and But most bike riders, if they see someone else do something silly, they'll pull them up too. Okay. Like go, yeah, we'll actually go, mate, you're giving us a bad name. Pull your head. Yeah, right. Yeah, which is good. So, yeah, one, one for the other side. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know if that name will ever, if you'll ever uh, get that good name. <laughs> No, probably probably not. No, no. Would you rather have a get out of jail card or a key that opens any door? 
probably get out of jail, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think I think you do you can open your own doors, really, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. You it's make funny, your own money. It's funny how people answer that question. Oh no, well I would never I would never end up in jail, so I'll take the key. And other people go, well, I'll take the key because that would open the door in the jail. And they come out with these different ways of how they think about it. It's just, it's funny how people's minds come up with their, yeah. Yeah. Because I think. They must have thought about it a bit too much. Yeah. No. Like, because, you know, I kind of look at it and went, I see this as a, you know, personality thing, you know. Are you a little bit rebellious and and you know, or or are you a bit of a straighty 180 kind of thing? And then people are coming out with these answers, and I'm going, oh, okay, hmm, didn't think about that. Yeah, it's throwing you a curveball, did that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you see a puddle on the ground, do you walk out, walk around it, jump over it, or jump in it? Oh, in it. Nice. Yeah. Oh no, that's You're the my kind of person. You go right through it. <laughs> because if you go around, on a mountain bike trail, if you go round, you make the track bigger. You don't do that. You go through the middle. <laughs> Otherwise, you, you you ruin the vegetation. No, you go straight through it. It's more fun too. Yeah, it's more fun. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Oh, Stop. I don't know. That's right. <laughs> Out of all those questions. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Oh, predict the future, I suppose. Oh, okay. that's all right, isn't it? I like that. That's that's interesting. I don't think I've had that one before. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I'll get that. I don't think you can. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's superpower, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. If you could go back in history, where would you go? I don't know. I reckon the gold rush would have been a bit fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the Savar in me again, too, I suppose. Scratching around, exploring, looking for things. Yeah. Yeah. I've never thought about that before. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're one of the, or, you know, one of the first farmers in areas or something like that, that'd be nice, too. Mm. Yeah. At a party, where would someone find you? Probably in the middle of the room, I'd say. In the middle of it all? Yeah. With a whiskey yeah. in the hand? Yeah. Ah, near the, near the, near the radio. I'd be putting music. Yeah. That's where I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, would you make yeah. the same choices again if you had a do-over? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Mm. And that's, the, and that's a funny one too because I've had people say, no, I wouldn't do it again. I'd really? go and do something else. Yeah. Like because they've done it. And I think, ah, oh, okay. Yeah, but would you know that you've done it? Well, that's what we started talking about. If you, do, yeah, there was, there was the, the whole conversation then of, well, do, do you know what you've done in your past life so you can go and do something else or you <laughs> And do you have that knowledge from the past life to apply it to something well, else? Well, yeah. I mean, these are all the hard-hitting hard questions, aren't they? <laughs> they are. <yeah. laughs> 
got to the pointy end here, haven't we? We have. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hit you up with some quick shots. Yep. So yes, no, hot, cold, whatever comes. If you have a little story, then tell me your story, but we'll go for it. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Cat or dog? Dog. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Summer or winter? Summer. Mm -hmm. Roller coasters, do you love or hate them? I don't mind them. Yeah, love them. <laughs> Had to think about that one then. Hey. Most people go, oh, I love them. Other people go, oh, no, no, don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> Three items you'd take to a desert island. Um, wife, whiskey and music. Nice. Leave the kids at home. <laughs> well, there's three of them. So how do you pick? <laughs> you could have said family. <laughs> well, they're not going to be around forever. <laughs> <laughs> Favourite song? Um, an artist, Gregory Allen Iskoff, Amsterdam. Mm, okay. That's I'll send it to you later. Yeah, I was going to say, I have to look that one up. Favourite movie? Um, I think by Guy Ritchie. Yeah. So, yeah, he did um, Snatch. What was the first one? And then he did The Gentleman. Yes, the that was one. good. That was good, wasn't it? Yeah, well, have a look at Snatch. And yeah, I've seen Snatch. Seen I think I've seen most of his movies. I'm really hopeless when it comes to names of movies. Well, he was actually married to Madonna and he cast Madonna in one movie and it wasn't real good. No. But, um, yeah. but after he left Madonna, I think he they got really yeah, yeah. 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 Lock, stock and two smoking barrels. Oh, that's yes. Yeah, seen so that. that's him. Yeah. yeah. So very, very, very clever. Most definitely. I've actually got a feeling someone else said him as well in one of the, oh. Hmm. Favourite book? I don't read a lot. I should mm. read more. I recently just did the the um, business course they've got in the ACS of New South Wales did. Michelle oh, did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, read a few books in that, but then discovered the Audible, which was a lot better. But um, no, I don't have enough time to read, so I can't really say. That's all right. So um, do you, so you're not doing the book club with Michelle? No. Should she's got some I, good? I, I said I'd do it, but nothing ever happened after that, so I don't know what happened there. But that was probably seven or eight months ago, I think. Yeah, but I probably wouldn't have time to read them anyway. We've done two, and in February, there's another one that um, we've she's actually got the author coming to. Don't ask me who it is because, as I said, I'm hopeless when it comes to it. But the book, the book that she's doing this time is um, about um, why you shouldn't be the lowest, per, you know, pricing, you know. Oh, I should read that one then. Yeah. I'll send you that. That'd be good. Yeah, the name of that one. Thank introvert you. or extrovert? Extrovert. So is your glass half full or half empty? I guess it's changed over the years. And I mm -hmm. guess people do, depending on where they're at, don't they? Like... Um, 
I mean, sometimes the cup run up over, doesn't it? So, I mean, it's good. Yeah, it's half full. One thing you'd never do again. Jeez. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think I'd change. No. No, wouldn't change anything. Yep. No. Well, I think from our earlier conversation that even when you make mistakes, you're learning. So unless yeah. it was something really, really, really bad. You've got to own the mistakes too, haven't you? That's yeah. part of it. Yeah. If you had a warning label, what would it be? It talks too much. <laughs> Who knows you best? My wife. Favourite subject in school? Uh, that would have been maths and probably physics, yeah. Real surveillance. <laughs> yeah. Favourite childhood memory? I used to enjoy camping. Sailing, I used to sail a lot. I'd enjoy that. Okay. Um, and I guess helping dad in the garage, doing a few things, jobs yeah. with him and learning from him too. Yeah, nice. Favourite food? Oh. Chocolate's not really food, is it? No, no. Come um, on, give me something else. Oh, I, I enjoy steak. Enjoy steak. Oh. Me too. Yeah. Favourite drink? Oh, probably whiskey again. Yep. Yeah. Um, I would ask pet peeve, but we've probably kind of really answered that one, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> 110% worth we have. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah. Good yeah. <laughs> Win the lottery or the perfect job? I win the lottery. Wouldn't need the perfect job then, would I? No. Why, I what, why does anyone want to work? I'd I rather. Have, I, I would, love what I do. But there's a purpose to it. Yeah, but if you win the lottery, you can just do a little bit of what you like, and then go and enjoy it. Well, that's right. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. you got to buy a ticket to win it, haven't you? Yeah, you do. Yeah, don't don't often buy tickets. No, me neither. <laughs> Biggest fear. Oh. Needles. I don't like needles. Okay. You just don't like them. Favorite That's sport. Probably not what you're looking for. That's not what you're looking oh, for. No, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> There's no right or wrong answer to any of these. It's what. Yeah. Um... In a work sense, I guess the uh, work not coming in and, and having to, to lay people off, I don't, I don't like that. But yeah, that'd be that'd be a pretty shitty thing to have to do. Yeah, it's it's not a lot of fun. Mm. Favorite sport? Um, I do enjoy watching the Tour de France. Um, I used to enjoy watching rugby league. I I enjoy watching the AFL now. So. Yeah, codes of football, I suppose, and cycling. Yeah. Morning or night person? Morning. Morning. Proudest moment? Oh, I'm a three boys. Yeah. yeah. On a scale of one to ten, how cool are you? I did know this was coming. I've asked my kids. <laughs> I've got 
I got two sevens. Yeah. And one, the eldest boy said, well, my mate thinks you're at 10. I said, that must really upset you. He does. It does. So <laughs> I guess that's a nine. That's an average of a nine. There you go. <laughs> Dream car? Um, it's funny. I, I like my cars. I've got a couple of cars. but Yeah, before you answer it. this, you, have you still got your 50-year-old Holden? Yeah, it's a 67 HR Premium Holden. Nice. Yeah, I've still got, still got it. And I've got the last SSV, which is a red uh, a V8 that they made. I've got the last, last. They, think they finished in the November or December, and this one was produced in the October. So I've got that. But I don't really want for any other sort of, you know, Porsches or Ferraris or anything yeah. like that. Just, um, yeah, I like those cars. Favourite colour? Blue. Apple or Android? Android. Mm-hmm. Star sign? Taurus. Taurus. Ooh, that's April-ish. Is that right? Uh, May. May. Yeah. Hmm. All right. That's it. Thank you. We're done. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> See, it's not so I mean, bad, I is it? Get something out of it. But anyway, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Before we go, yeah. um, do you want to let everybody know any of your social media or any causes that you support or anything like that? Oh, look, I, whilst I'm on social media, I don't do much with it. Yeah. Um, I think the best thing, and, and after going through COVID, is just people be good to themselves, keep themselves active. Yep. Um, if you're active, that solves so many other problems, whether it, whether it be health problems, mental problems, whatever, but... Um, Find time for yourself. So, yeah, that's a, that's a cause. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. James, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed today's chat with James. Catch you in a fortnight when I chat with Paul Rowlandson. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox.